So these uh, three Portuguese guy, Catholic, die, go to heaven. And, you know, they get up there and Peter's like feeling very generous. So he's like, you know what? Whether it being Easter at all, I'll make it simple on you guys. You know, um, Manny, what is Easter? Uh, Easter is the um, it's that holiday where uh, the pilgrim, they come to Plymouth Rock and uh, and they're going to starve. But the Native American, let's be honest, he said Indians, you know, the point. <laughs> and, and, no, no, no. St. Peter stops him. That, that, that's Thanksgiving. Not even close, but just hold on. Says to his next friend, like uh, Lorenzo, uh, you tell me what Easter is. And he says, "Oh, that's when uh, what, what what a name? Yeah, this is the Santa. He he flies around the world and he goes into the chimneys and he gives all the boys and girls presents. And and, and it was he goes, you know, no, no, kind of he kind of got the right idea, you know. He's, uh, but but no. So it's the last guy. We'll call him Joseph. He said, Joseph, you." You know what Easter is, yeah? Yes. It is when the Lord, he dies on the cross for our sins. And, and then they bring him down after and they bury him in the cave. And three days later, he resurrects and he moves the rock. And when he comes out, if he sees his shadow... <laughs> I'm actually more impressed with your Portuguese accent. <laughs> Than that joke. I, I kept waiting for you to interrupt because I got halfway through that joke during our Christmas episode and realized, fuck, that's not a Christmas joke. <laughs> and it doesn't work. Uh, and that's when and Jim was here and you guys both were like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, no, let me do it again. And you're like, no, we're keeping that. And and, uh-huh. and, 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 it, and that was the first and only time my opening joke was not hilarious. I know. <laughs> I, that was an historic moment. Uh, this is Jacques. This is, I think, <laughs> Joe. And what, do, wait, is Man, Manny's a, a Portuguese name? Yeah, I don't know about Lorenzo. That was, <laughs> I was like, uh, he's not going to come up with a third name. He's not going <laughs> to. And then you pull my name out. It's like, whoa. whoa exactly. And so, uh, anyway, welcome to Carnival Personnel. Very excited. Oh, um, skip right over the, the, the begging for you to talk with us on social media or write a review on apples which some people say it helps it's not gonna help it's it's it's, it's not It'd nobody nice. cares it doesn't matter that's how they get you don't do it <laughs> that's right that's a, uh, but more importantly it so it's funny because by the time of this post it's a day after Easter and the day after you know uh, April Fools I got, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious. April Fools, and, and you would think it's a big day in my world because I've always been the crazy prank. Now, now I'm trying. I've been trying to link the last few days. Have I ever pulled any great April Fools things? And I, I probably have, but nothing's coming to mind. They, you did, but they were in August. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's like you know, all, all year round. Uh, you know, April when you're this. You, this. <laughs> I mean. You know, yeah, like how do you prank somebody extra sp- dickish right. on the day, you know, when you're designated? Like the rest of the world is already like trying to catch up to what you do each and every day. Right. It's it's, it's seriously like Halloween for us because mm-hmm. my family, you know, we, we own very few threads of clothing that aren't – is that is, – is that a Mr. Incredibles right. you know, yeah. costume that he's wearing? Are they all dressed like that? <laughs> and uh, and the answer is yes, and happily so. But so when Halloween rolls around, it's like it's um, 
it's a day that ends why. It's great that everybody else does it, but it's like, right. you know, but and you, you got anything big planned that you want to? I wouldn't. No, I had nothing planned for April Fool's Day. Um, although I do like the idea of when we had a lot of snow in the area. Uh, the idea of like, you know, when Easter rolls around, instead of the Easter egg hunt where you paint the eggs and you hide them, just throw a bunch of white eggs under the snowbank and say, good luck. <laughs> that would have been That's great. That would have been great. The only thing I'm planning on doing, or by the time it posts, have done, my mom has all the grandkids over, does an Easter egg hunt in the yard. And it's it's she has this little plastic egg she puts like stuff in, but also they will, you know, color hard boiled eggs. I'm, of course, going to color a couple eggs, <laughs> skipping the hard-boiled part, <laughs> hoping that, you know... But wait, if you do that... Wait, oh! The, the other one that I cannot take credit for, but I will probably do to my children just because I'm an awful person and even a worse parent, I'm going to eat a bunch of chocolate tonight. It, shocking, I know. But I'm going to save the wrappers and then wrap grapes up in them and then put those in their Easter basket. Oh, I thought you were going to eat a bunch of chocolate and then like when Easter rolled around, you were going to shit out <laughs> something that you would eventually mold into a chocolate bunny and then rewrap it and then give it to the kid. No. Don't give me ideas, Joe. I, I don't, don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> but that's it. So uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, Roseanne, premiered this week. You said last week... That you were going to watch it, did you? Yeah. I watched, they aired two episodes. Um, one dealt with Trump kind of directly-ish. Like, they mentioned him, like, you know, for a couple of jokes or a segment of the episode. And then the rest of the show was not political. And um, I found it to be funny. I laughed at a bunch of stuff. I, like, I wasn't a huge Roseanne fan growing up, but I liked the show. My wife is or was a huge Roseanne fan. Um, so she was looking forward to watching the new reboot. And uh, I don't think it disappointed. Obviously, 18 million people can't be wrong, which is what the ratings are. And I, I just read earlier today that it had been renewed for a second season. So big smash hit out of the gate. But, of course, we're going to talk about what Roseanne's political views are and how people are calling for boycotting the show. And Well, I mean... It, it- it comes down to me like a personal decision. It's like, uh, you know, it's amazing because all the people, you know, because I'm torn, you know, and again, it always gets back to the Patriots. It's like the, the thing that we had. It's like, okay, everybody on the Patriots, like, well, not everybody, but the three richest, whitest guys on the Patriots, Kraft, Belichick, Brady, were s- some degree of supportive of him. I love the team. It's like, well, what do I do type thing? It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. The eighty percent of the team that's you know black, probably not big Trump supporters. Maybe they are, but and that maybe I shouldn't assume that. But it's the same thing. It's like Melissa Gilbert and stuff like that. Everybody else on the show, you know, a Metcalf and and John Goodman, big Democrats, big Democrats. Sarah supporters. Gilbert, by the Sarah way. Gilbert. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But like, yeah, Wanda Sykes is a writer for the show. Uh, Morgan Murphy is another uh, comedian. She and but then you also have Norm Macdonald, who was an uh, an OG writer of the show, who now writes the new episodes. He's leaning. I guess he's not pro Trump, but he's not the most left ish guy in the world either. So you do have a mixed bag. It's also executive produced by Whitney Cummings, who I like, and I I, I like her comedy. I like the you know I like Two Broke Girls and you know her style of comedy. But it, and I know she's not a Trump supporter. So yeah, you I look at the same. I look at it as like, yes, Roseanne is pro-Trump. And an awful person. Granted. Um, but the she's employing all these really nice people. 
Uh, she's not. Uh, she is the name of it. And but they can't if it wasn't for her, out here. let's right. be honest. If, the, if she, if she right. didn't exist, there would be no Roseanne reboot. There would be no Roseanne. You know, um, right. right. So uh, you kind of like, and I like John Goodman. These, all these people, they got to work. You know, they don't have to work. I mean, they, you know, maybe John Goodman doesn't have to work, but it's employing a lot of people. Um, and it's actually not, it's, it's not like this is the Fox News sitcom. Do you know what I mean? It's, if anything, they're making her into kind of an Archie Bunker-ish. Well, that, okay, character. so that that that's something that I wanted to jump on because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I it's want like to jump you, on Archie Bunker." Uh, e- that a Roseanne? Okay, touche. <laughs> you know, like, but but that's the thing. It's like, and the funny thing is, you know, without getting into the history again of Archie Bunker, Archie Bunker was supposed to be the most despised character in history, and it's to this day baffling to Norman Lear. It's like because Archie, you know. Carol Connor was just such a great actor and, and people empathized with him. And 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 to put that in the same category, you know, um and and, and look, it's like one of those things where it is. It's like like in my family, it's like the Trump supporters in my thing. It's like they're great to the immigrants in our own family. It's all the other immigrants that they're they're ready to ship back. It's the Fox News immigrants that they don't like. Right. You know, and I, you know, just listening to a bunch of people and reading about the Roseanne, I guess the grandson or somebody in it is there and and and, and forgive me if I say it wrong, like gender fluid child that she's wonderful to, but yet you're supportive of a guy you know, you know, on the show and in real life, who's doing everything to make anybody with gender fluidity, you know, lifestyles to be to to go back into the closet to go or to not exist or to be a second rate citizen. So it's like, okay, so you love your grandchild who's genuine flu- uh, gender fluid, gender fluid. Thank you, but fuck all the other ones, you know. And it's it's like, and that's, that's and I, and then we have to also look at why the character of Roseanne supported Trump, not because she hated the immigrants, not because she wanted um, other gays to be, you know, discriminated against. She is coming from a, um, an, a you know, a, a working class, you know, citizen kind of point of view where, you know, maybe through no fault of Obama, but somehow during the Obama administration, you know they were in, you know being shit on financially and economically and so here comes this guy who says he's going to make jobs and you know he who dupes basically the, the entire rust belt into voting for him and she's just one of those and it's just like well you know what whatever he he says he's going to bring jobs back and he's going to you know he's not going to ignore us and he's not going to you know batch us all into like some deplorables basket like the other person did who you know ha- has obvious you know um, corruption scandals of her own, imagined or not. Right. So Legit. she, her character is coming from a different perspective, and that's a lot. And that's maybe something we have to kind of look at, or something we do look at, but we can't. No, uh, what, no. what, what I'm trying to say is that the Roseanne character is one uh, is a, a a a representation of a type of Trump supporter that isn't all in. No, and and that's a very fair, very fair thing. It's when you look at the election map, um, the state, the states that Hillary won in the election, she won in the primaries. So many of the states 
that Bernie won went to Trump, and it's those states. Bernie did well in California and in New York and Illinois, but he didn't win those states. He won Wisconsin. You know, he won like any. He won so many of the states that he won, and and it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, he appealed to the he appealed to the Archie Bunker crowd, and that's why Archie Bunker was successful. You know, people like you and I, or you know, had we not been, well, had you been alive and I not been seven, uh, he appealed to, hey, look, he loves his wife. He loves his daughter. He doesn't really like his daughter's husband, but he loves his daughter so much. His liberal tree-hugging husband, he still lets live in his house. So he lets his son-in-law live in his house. He feeds his son-in-law and has to sit there after working 10 hours in the factory and have his son-in-law tell him how, you know, all his opinions are wrong. And people looked at Archie Bunker's like, asshole, he's the one who's supporting you. He's, he, you're going to college on this working guy's back and people empathized with him. So I understand that part. But, but again, it's like, for, for me, it's like, if it was just, I, you know, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Mitt Romney, you know, for, crushing coming all that stuff but it's like after the tiki torch thing when when it went from man i think this guy is really racist the 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 central park five and all this stuff the history racism but after that i'm like you you're openly saying okay well we got a dollar fifty cents every two weeks in our tax break so we can pay for our costco for that the economy he didn't fuck up that obama turned around we're going to overlook he's a Nazi, you know, and and that's and and it's 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 just funny, and it makes me not want to watch the show that he went on the stump yesterday talking about how he called Roseanne and congratulated her on the ratings, which in in his Trump administration, you know, I didn't count, but a reliable source has said he has mentioned ratings in two hundred and sixty three tweets since becoming president, <laughs> and mentioned human rights three times. <laughs> Yeah, no, obviously Trump is an awful person. And, you know, Roseanne is probably not uh, a very nice person. Well, I don't know. Maybe, or she's just nice to the people she likes, that kind of thing. I have a feeling it's that. Yeah. So, and, and uh, you know what? Honestly, I you, you pick your battles. But you think it's funny. I think and it's, that's the most important thing, is I, the comedy I, funny. I think it's funny. I think, uh, yeah, I, I laughed out loud a couple of times. The um, two Beckys, the two actresses that play Becky both. Yeah, times. I mean, there's a fourth wall stuff, and that's great. You know, they've done fourth wall humor on that show in the past. But uh, I, I'm looking at the big picture, and I think if it's not going to be a, uh, it's not going to be a, a soapbox for Roseanne to spew her, you know, weird Trump-ish you know, morals or her ideals, then, um, I don't know, go for it. It, 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 the ends justify the means is what I, I, I you know, I okay. think, you know, I think, you, you, I think you can, you can enjoy it. And by the way, what's great about television is that there's so much of it. Oh. You don't have to watch Roseanne. Right. Exactly. Nobody has to watch Roseanne. So, so I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to boycott it. I'm just going to choose and this, to watch one of the other 900 things I've been saying. I'm and this, watch. yeah, right. And this, it, 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 like we, we, right, and we don't like we're trying to, as a country, I think we're trying to, ideally, not try to be so polarizing and so black and white. Like you're either with us or against us. Like we chastised President George W. Bush for saying you're either with us or against us. And we, if you're if you're a liberal-minded person, you probably don't want that kind of hard line tactic when it comes to also forms of art like you know we can't watch roseanne because she's not all in with us 
And so I said, well, okay, great. She's not all in with your ideals, but there are like 99% of the rest of the crew, you know, might might tend to agree with you. So, no, again, it's like to say the Patriots are, you know, Trump's team because. Right. Where do you draw the line? So it's like, okay, you're not going to watch Roseanne because of her views. Are you not going to watch the Patriots? You're not going to watch Disney films, Nazi sympathizer? Hello? <laughs> Am I the am I the crazy one here? No, I, I I had a very hard time jumping on the Disney bandwagon when we started to go to Disneyland because I had to get over the fact that okay, Disneyland is great and my kids love it, but the guy whose head is frozen somewhere under like you know the Matterhorn. Not to mention Ted Williams is also a man who had his, his head, head frozen. frozen. Yes, but I don't know if he was a Nazi. I don't know. I, I know he fought them. He did fight the Nazis. No, you're right. You're you know, right. He did fight the Nazis. It, it was the Negroes. He did it. <laughs> ah, yes. There we go. But, Thanks uh, for using that word. Go uh, ahead. On, on a, uh, well, because it was in the 40s. Uh, how, you know, Say uh, Negro, at least. Okay. <laughs> a color folk? Yeah, okay. Uh, people stopping me. Uh, on the other hand, somebody who wouldn't use language like that, who isn't Roseanne, is Samantha Bee. Uh-huh. And um, first of all, always loved her. I mean, she she is absolutely, you know, wonderful ever since, like, the John Stewart. And I don't know if you followed this, but she has that Puerto Rico special. Yeah, I think I saw a little bit of that. It's, or a little, I've heard of it. I don't know. And, and okay, it, I didn't follow it. And, and, and again, it's like, well, it's she, she went down to Puerto Rico on the six-month anniversary of the hurricane. And... And very Samantha B fashion made it absolutely hysterical. But at the same time, the bottom line is if this was Connecticut, it would be front page news every single day that a couple hundred thousand people still don't have electricity. If, if this was Connecticut, it would be front page news that, you know, that we followed it a little bit. Um, all the, all the, um, uh, the shysters and, and the shenanigans going on with rebuilding the power grid. You know, they here's a blank check to a company in Montana with two employees. XYZ, totally legitimate power company incorporated. You know, never did. And it was interesting. So she went out in the streets and she went to like not just San Juan, but, you know, all the other like, you know, states. And I don't know if it's provinces or what they have, but like little sections of the island. And it, it's great how many guys um, just – you know, Puerto Ricans who are like, yeah, I know nothing about electricity, but this electrician is going to show us how to do X, Y, and Z and get up on the poles and start like, you know, removing trees from it. Like they just started doing it themselves. And again, it's like, it's really funny. She keeps, you know, making the same point and, you know, beating the dead horse because apparently the horse isn't dead enough that these are Americans that, you know, we... And nobody likes to, you know, get into the history lessons here, but we kind of annexed Puerto Rico. We went to Puerto Rico because at the time it was a necessity, uh, militarily speaking. And so, you know, it's like, oh, when it was convenient, we basically, like Hawaii, yeah, you're now part of the United States. Are you saying that Plymouth Rock... We didn't. They didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on there. Pretty much, is how it was down. But they are. They're Americans. Um, Samantha B. Uh, and it's great. You know, um, it's great that you know comedians like her truly lead the charge. No, it's not great. You know why? Why? She's a fucking comedian. Okay. She shouldn't be leading the charge. This is what's wrong with America. Oh, you know, let's leave it up to John Oliver and fucking Stephen Colbert and Samantha Bee and all these people to lead the charge and get people motivated. That's all well and good. I applaud them for that. 
I wish everybody did that. And I specifically, I wish the government officials elected <laughs> to lead the charge would lead the charge. So, I mean, good on Samantha B. Bad on America. I mean, honestly, dude. But a key is, uh, what I love is it put it back in the news. It hasn't, you know, because right. it has completely cycled out of the news. Right, like the Flint, Michigan water thing. Right. And, and, the, and that barely broke its head out the other day because now they said, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty every you The government knew what was going on and you can sue these fuckers. Great. But it's how comforting to the dead, you know, the parents of the dead kids. You're right. People get cancer and stuff. But um, on another. So, so well, anyways, while right. we're talking TV, let's stay on TV. Yes, please. I'm, I'm Let's never leave TV. Let's, let's, I just want to live in TV. Can I live in TV? I, I did last night. Like I got because I still I'm still uh, whining like you know the snowflake I am. Oh, I got a broken foot. I can't drive and do anything. So cooped up at my parents. I got there yesterday about two in the afternoon and about three in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I have to turn the TV off because <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to be around TV. I don't have uh, 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 willpower. Will, right, and so. I've been binge watching, you know, still, still, still on the blue bloods, <laughs> and I wish I was kidding because it's so mindless. And is there a name for fans of blue bloods, like blue blooded Americans, or like you know, I'm a blooder, the the elderly, the, I believe. the blood <laughs> <laughs> life alerters, and and that's the point I want to make. But I do, I'll record like. You know, they have them like seven in a row, and then on another channel, it'd be seven laws in order, uh, like from the, the 90s, you know? And it's like, I've seen them all, but it's like, great, because I can just, it takes me about 20 minutes to watch an hour show between Fast Forward and the commercials. But I want to talk about the commercials on Blue Blood. Oh, go on. Seriously, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to... Um, if I could do voices or do a self-indulgence theater like you, yes. I would make a funny commercial that I talked, but essentially the commercials are... Pr- you know what? If you re- if you relay the idea of the commercial to me, chances are I've seen it because they probably show the same commercials on Buzzer, the game show network that I watch constantly. <laughs> the idea is... <laughs> uh, uh, we can pause you, though. Are you about to die or already dead, then we have the products for you. <laughs> Ox- literally, I've never seen, are you tired of dealing with your oxygen tank refill specialist? <laughs> Having trouble finding a grave? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, you know, have you passed away and your family hasn't found the way to tell you? It's like, you know, two, two people. Having trouble finding the input button on your remote control? <laughs> As a very funny follow on Twitter uh, has recently pointed out, the kryptonite of the elderly, <laughs> uh, which you did. You got me good on that. But I'm watching it, and I can just imagine like two really old people like seeing an AARP commercial and laughing. It's like, <laughs> remember when we got our AARP cards? What? Do you remember when we got <laughs> Having trouble finding your AARP cards? <laughs> We got a product for you. I didn't know Life Alert still advertised as much. They still use the iPhone and I can't get up. But their commercials, I've seen them, have become more uh, worrisome. uh, Oh, come on. Frank, who is the guy, and I've referenced this before, Bill Murray's character from Scrooge, when he does the promo Uh, for- Cross? Yeah. Yeah, Frank Cross. Frank Cross. Francis Cross, yeah. When he, it's right. I'm looking for a Francis Xavier Cross. <laughs> See, this is why I. Love Anyways, you. When, yeah. But remember when he does a promo for the Christmas special and it scares the shit out of. 
a Fran- woman dies. Francis Cross is now doing the Lifeline commercials. Yeah, I mean, there's one where like there's a um, a middle aged woman and her daughter arrive at the house, and apparently it's their grandmother's house because they're calling for her. And then all of a sudden, the grand the the granddaughter. No, I take that back. There is no a, a middle aged woman. It's just the granddaughter who comes home from maybe school or something, and she's calling for her grandmother. And she's going around the corners of the house, Grandma. And then all of a sudden, she s- happens upon the almost lifeless body of her grandmother on the floor, like reaching up as if she were like coming back from the grave that she will eventually be buried in. And you know, the granddaughter's like, Grandma, do you want this to happen to you? Life alert will prevent it. But you know, and it's like, oh my God, like whatever happened to the old lady, the I've fallen. And I can't get up. Like, she's the best. And I remember early 90s, late 80s, late 80s, mid 80s. I go to Nick's Comedy Club with my friend Daryl and and our victims at the time. And comedian get introduced, comes running in from the back, literally falls halfway across the stage, trips over the mic. And for a second, you're like, and he's like, I've fallen again. It's like, that's been going on. Wow. He was like the Milton Berle of I've fallen and I can't get up jokes. But that's 30 some years ago and it's still. Yeah, it's still kicking. Unfortunately, people um, will always need help getting up. And so will we. And and, and I don't, there will never be a defunct sponsor. Life alert. No, they won't. Sadly, they won't. Um, it's sad because we're actually getting that from my mother-in-law. Unless Apple takes over Life Alert and it becomes Apple Alert. Don't, it, don't, nah, don't give it. Right. All ground, get in on the ground floor now, baby. But but you do. I, you, so I'm watching these Ion shows, and I've always joked, because you know, I work for a CPS show. This you know why they call it Ion? You got to keep an eye on the people <laughs> watching in case they keel over. It, 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 but... Uh, Seriously, who watches these in prime time? It's actually a reminder for like a wellness check on your grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to keep an eye on my grandma. And there are so many of these products again, like oxygen tanks. Like I, do you have COPD? <laughs> you know, or uh, how about the? Um, what about the, law, the? Are there a lot of law, law firm ones? There's a lot of reverse mortgages. Oh yes. Hi, I'm Henry Winkler. And I'm here to bilk you out of the money that you've already spent on your house. Tom Selleck is doing the the reverse mortgage oh, commercials yeah. during on the Tom Selleck's shows. <laughs> and I'm like, you evil ba-. And here's the great thing is his hair is pretty black uh, and blue blood. But for He's the got the Groucho Marx yeah, mustache. Really? It's like it looks – is that wax painted on? Like- <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, I will say here's the one thing because um, there's nothing worse than, you know, because, you know – I'm a I'm a 14 year old boy. Uh, when you're watching um, a commercial at mixed company for tampons, no tampon commercials during Blue Blood because nobody's at their period who's watches Blue Blood for like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> but they are. It's like to the tampons, it's oxygen take refills. You know what commercials they do have though? Depends. <laughs> Where, you know the incontinence commercials. What do old ladies smell like? It depends. depends. But I mean, you know, there's always the ones where it's it's funny because they 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 have these services for older people to get their medical supplies, yeah, or to get things like that you would normally go to the grocery store for. And I'm like, hey, they kind of already do that with Amazon. Like it's like it's old people Amazon that they're essentially selling. Um, do they have like the jitterbug phones or are those passe now? I think those are gone. I haven't seen one of those, but yeah. 
It does. It amazes me. It's like, and then I'm and like I said, I'm I'm a weekend to blue blood marathons nonstop. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, why? <laughs> if these are the commercials, is this really? And, and I don't think there's been a commercial yet. This reminds me of an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, where Raymond, I don't know, you probably never watched the show, but Raymond is like this kind of man childish guy, and. His wife was always trying to get him. You know, she's an adult. You know, they're say of the same wait, wait. age. There was a sitcom, okay, where the woman was the adult and yeah. the man character was the man. Well, basically, like real life. I mean, it's sorry. What are you saying? As I sit here in a flat t-shirt eating candy. But my point is that the episode I'm re- referencing is that there's one where he decides to go to the lodge with his father, and he enjoys it. So she gets his wife gets really fucking angry. It's like you were nothing but like a boy up until now and now all of a sudden you're an old man like where's the adult <laughs> so yes that's what's happening to you you're going straight you're like yeah you've hopped in your delorean and from <laughs> yeah so it's almost like it's like you're you were developmentally challenged and all of a sudden it kicks in but it like it hyperspaced you into the age of 70 and that's where you've landed in front of ion television unable to drive yourself around yeah, yeah. Have you have you uh, you know? Um, so you're not you're having your parents drive you. You're having your elderly parents drive you around. Right. Yeah. No, it's like one of those things where you see like somebody like you know my mom's age. It's like oh she's really active. Where's she going? Oh she's going to take care of her mother. What? <laughs> you know? It's like when you see somebody who's like great grandparent and like they're taking care of they're wailing their you know <laughs> no elderly person down the street, but. So, so I know everybody's been wondering what is what am I doing while while, while laid up this long. So now now you are up to speed. Yeah, all right. So that was actually a rare, funny, jovial moment on the Carnival Personnel podcast. Um, now we'll return you to your regularly scheduled sullen discussion of what? Uh, do you want to skip China and go? No, over? no. We're, we're talk China. Uh, yeah, we don't have to talk China too much. But I just wanted to point out that. Um, that Obama was always leading from behind and, and always, you know, that was always the one of the rally cries against him that um, the other world is moving forward with everything. And I just want to point out specifically, like I was sitting there and watching how Kim Jong-un was in China. And I think it's the first time it's been known that he's been out of the country and his whole life. Well, definitely since he's taken power. And so he had the secret trip trip to China, uh, and so now China is taking the lead, getting this, getting this uh, negotiation or getting this meeting happening between the U.S. and North Korea. But now it's like China is driving driving this, and it's going to be part of it. It was going to be just these two leaders. Now it's these three, and who's really spearheading it? It's going to be China, and and this just just in this last. You know, I don't want to make it all about bloaters, but just in the last like 16 months, we pulled out of the TPP and the negotiations still went on. And all the other countries that were part of the TPP trade, you know, uh, have signed it and China took the lead on it. When we pulled out of the Paris Peace Accord and what a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, America first, it's like, okay, a lot of this is about solar and wind power and, and development of these technologies and building solar panels and building these wind turbines and the jobs that are created, building them, maintaining them, and all that stuff. By pulling out of it, 
you know, a lot of the people are now turning to China, and China has become a leading manufacturer in these renewable energy. So it's again, it's like every time that the U.S. pulls out of something or doesn't, you know, drive the ship on it, China is more than happy to stand up and say, "Oh, okay, you, we are more than happy to put our our workforce towards this." So when you got a billion people, you got that, you know. Um you got that uh, that license to do that, but this is this is now like the third time in the last fourteen months or fifteen months. It's something major, you know, something major. A world trade or you know, world trade, you know, NAFTA for the whole world, the TPP, you know, the, the historical meeting between us and North Korea. But to be fair, the United States is catching up on China on human rights violations. Yes, we are. You know, <laughs> so we do have that. You know, unfortunately, China is also leading the way of their prime minister or president saying, yeah, I'm going to be president for life. So mm-hmm. not a bad idea. They're, they're, Sounds pretty good. They're setting the tone for that. Emperor Trump. But now, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, so the next thing, is this awful or is it awesome or is it awful some? Laura Ingram, who, first of all, I don't care what side of the gun control thing you're on. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Who am I kidding? But if you're openly and viciously, like, attacking 17-year-old survivors for speaking up or speaking out, even if you completely disagree with them, they went through something horrible. I mean, most police will never be involved. Most law enforcement officers in their career will never be involved in something these children were involved in. Most people... Who joined the military will never be in combat like that. You know, I just had a cousin who did four years in the Marines, never deployed. You know, he was stateside the whole time. And, and you know, you hear about all the deployments and it's awful. And, but most people will never live through what they live through. And they lived through it at 14, 15, 16 and in high school. Like in a, in a, a Valentine's Day, like the last thing you're thinking about is like on the way to school, Am I? is this guy going to ask me out? Am I going to ask her out? Am I going to get a Valentine? The last thing you're thinking of in between like classes is am I, am I going to be alive when, I, when the day's over? Yeah. And, and so when you hear these people like villainizing these kids for and, – and the thing is these kids have – they wanted to say awful things, but they're not. They're like, and, and every most of the awful things you hear about them saying, they're not saying. I've yet to hear any of them say, "Get rid of the Second Amendment." You know what you are seeing, though. You are seeing right wing nuts on Twitter and on Facebook photoshopping pictures to make them look like they're doing awful things. Like, there's a the one that's going around now is Emma Gonzalez ripping up a target uh you know like a gun target but then somebody photoshopped her to rip it up to make it look like she was ripping up the constitution and people buy it people just buy it right into it so you have that going around um uh, you know what was funny though all the with the if you look really closely at the photoshopped constitution it's written in russian so i don't know what that's all about <laughs> but yeah no i mean that's the awful thing but and you hear political people who have now backpedaled and said awful things and we're right we're getting off topic but you would we want to focus on what's happening this week which is laura ingram who is laura ingram because i don't watch that show channel oh she's the um the 30-something, maybe early 40-something blonde correspondent on Fox. You know, you know the one. You know, like the big blondish hair on Fox, the blonde. Oh, she's white. The white, blonde Fox correspondent woman. Does she show her legs a lot? She's, that's Okay, so you know the one oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Okay. But, uh, so she's one of their lead. Well, it's one of those things. Because Fox is such a great, great, you know, 
um, um, company, you know, she's moved up the ranks. Like they've been very progressive <laughs> by, by default. She's been, they've been <laughs> very be- progressive over the last year. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. she used to be like third fiddle behind like Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly. Yep, and so so she is pretty much like the face of Fox News. She is their main spokesperson. She like is not Sean Hannity. No, she's their main spokeswoman. She she's. I, and I think she her time slot might even be around the same time like Rachel Maddow is. Okay, gotcha. So what about Laura so Hen- Ingram? So she decides, uh, you know, and and decides to mock, you know, one of one of the um, Parkland survivors, David Hogg. Not about oh, this rally isn't really going to do anything. No, you can't even vote. Your voice doesn't really matter. Which would, which would have been bad enough. Which would have been bad enough, but decides to mock him for not getting into the colleges, a couple of the colleges that he played. Right, I think it was like Princeton, uh, he, he, he UCLA, get UCLA, because he got a four point one average or something. Well, and and in UCLA, it's like truly, you know, um, it's it's huge, but they take in state first. I know, right? You know, and of course, those a lot like the majority of those kids don't have the high GPA. That some of the outsiders might have, right? I mean, he's he's straight A student, and if you've heard the kid speak, uh, you know it's even like Obama. If you hate his politics, man, can that guy speak? And this yeah. kid is together. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, that, that, the, the one thing to keep in mind too is that these kids who are you know annoying you by getting in your face about guns are doing so with PTSD. Right. Like, all of these kids have post traumatic stress disorder in in your life, Joe. And I'd, I'd really have to think about this. I mean, I really have to think about it. I think my brother had a very close friend that I knew peripherally that management w- was friends with, died a few years ago. And all us, all the guys at F&H, like one, one of the inner circles, one of our closest friends, a staple at F&H, eh, about 15 years ago, early 30s, died of died, just dropped in front of us on a Friday night. I so he's pretty much the only real close friend that I've buried. These kids buried seventeen, you know, and it was a tragedy at once. At once, it was a tragedy that you know we lost our friend Steve. You know, it was unexpected, uh, but it was natural causes. Um, you know, and and you know he went quick. <laughs> you know, he 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 died before his body hit the ice. You know, uh, and I'm gonna take that with me forever. I don't mean to be much of a downer, but that's. That's that's and they not only did they bury seventeen. What about the kid who held the door shut, who had got shot like a half a dozen times? And there and so we t- we we dwell on the number of dead, but there's twice as many injured, injured, yeah, and recovering. And and so for for this woman, this grown woman, who has children. And has been in the in the on the platform. Look, one of these kids is going to fuck up and say something inappropriate. Is going, and it's going to be okay. Their 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 use of social media is, is amazing, and how, what they've accomplished, and they have accomplished a lot. The rally just wasn't getting people there to say it. They had they tied it in with voter uh, registration drives. And voter awareness thing. It's great. Uh, they're getting a lot of good advice. They're working their ass off. But one of them is going to have a moment under the microscope. But this is this Laura Ingram, she has been a professional – it's hard to say journalist, but she's been in the public eye for 20-plus years. She's a career person. And for her to go out of her way 
to by name mock a 17-year-old child when she has children, you're just a special kind of uh, see you next Tuesday. So, and she did this on Twitter? She did this on Twitter, which, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like, oh, this is where you want to fight these kids? Good luck. <laughs> right, right. Bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> you know? It's no a, pun intended. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's my favorite line from the Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, Batman trilogies, where a CPA figures out who Bruce Wayne and Batman is, and he goes to blackmail um, Lucius Fox, his right hand guy, and he lays out the plans because he, you know, was doing extra accounting, blah blah blah. And he's like, and he shows them that he found the Tumblr thing and and how all this money's gone to research and development. And he just sits back and he's like, I want ten million dollars every year for the rest of my life. And Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox, just turn you know turns forward in his chair, puts his hands again, leans in, and he goes, Let me get this straight. Your boss, one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, you believe, spends his nights beating the most vicious criminals with his bare hands. And this is the guy you want to blackmail? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, either even if it was just Bruce Wayne and his wealth and power, or just Batman. But you, the, the, you, yeah. So, 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 why I'm, don't you? I'm clapping because somehow he took Laura Ingram's story and wove it into a Batman <laughs> analogy. Masterfully, okay, it was out of Patriots, you know, right? So well, it's, a, it's the off season. <laughs> we already mentioned the Patriots a little bit earlier in the show, but wonderful, masterful. But so, so why don't you tell everybody what David Hogg has uh, decided to do because she wanted to go to his house and fight? Uh, so David Hogg gets on Twitter and says, uh, "Hey, um, here are a list of at least you know a dozen or so sponsors. L- calls them out, uh, sponsors of Laura Ingram, Laura Ingram's Fox News show." Calls them out on Twitter by their Twitter handles and says, you want to be associated with this type of person who openly mocks a, 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 you know, a kid himself uh, for surviving a, a horrible tragedy. And, um, you know, this is the kind of person you want to be associated with. And lo and behold, they're, they'd be dropping like flies. Instantly. Yeah, well, it, a it lot of them. It wasn't days. It was within the first... 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. You had major, major sponsors. Yeah, I was surprised to see that Nutrish was a sponsor. Because, <laughs> honestly, because like Nutrish is run by Rachel Ray. Rachel, I mean, Rachel, yeah, Rachel yeah, Ray. Ray. Um, the, the, you know, the cook who talk show host. She's kind of a progressive person. Right, you know? but, but conservatives have dogs too. I know, right. Right, a buck's a buck. But um, yeah, so when I saw that they dropped, I was like, okay, phew. You know, there is a, 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 a shining beacon of light. Because here we are, you know, it's funny because, you know, we, we there was some pressure put on with, you know, advertisers at the NRA TV. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember anybody fleeing NRA TV or NRA TV being dropped by, you know, its carriers. But right away you had, like, uh, and, and it's changed. I'm not going to go look up the list now, but you did. Nutrish, um, TripAdvisor, Trip Wayfair. Yep. Um, they got Ex- just what I need. Expedia. <laughs> but it, but as, of, as of this podcast recording, there was 11 sponsors that have dropped out. Like 11 of the, he posted 14 sponsors and 11 of the 14 sponsors as of the recording this have, and, and, and they were public about it. They weren't like, oh, we're just going to quietly do that. They're like, yeah, this doesn't reflect our values. And of course, she instantly backpedals and says, hey, don't forget, you know, I was the first one to have 
you know, him on the show uh, right after this happened. We would love to have him back anytime if my things were taken, blah, blah, blah. And anybody who has a 4.1 grade point average should be very proud. Um, and, and he took that um, for exactly what it was and turned right around and said, yeah, nice try. You know, he's like, well, I don't accept the apology. It only came after sponsors dropped out, and it's just trying to get our sponsors back. If you want to go on the air and apologize how your network has been betraying you know, my friends in this movement, we'll talk. Well, they love to squeeze that story in, but they have 20 Hillary Clinton <laughs> stories to lead with, so right, good luck. Right. Uranium one, uranium one, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. So, but hey. Wait, 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 time out. Your mouth has to be fuller if you're going to speak. Please. Our, I've I've read what well, few comments are on our Facebook page, and they demand that we eat more on the <laughs> podcast. So please, by the way, I'm no help because speaking of eating on the podcast, let me let us Go ahead. pull back the curtain here. There's a bowl of Reese's peanut butter cups mixed in with Rolos, left over from last week's snack time on the podcast. I have a bowl of just you know. Dip your snotty hands into the bowl and grab Reese's Pieces. I have a canister of overpriced Pringles cheddar cheese. I bought this at the Impulse counter at Toys R Us earlier today. Toys R Us is still a thing. Yeah, Toys R Us is still a thing. <laughs> and it, then I went to the CVS afterwards, and, I, and it was cheaper at CVS. Oh. I'm like, are you, you've got to be And there was a 10% discount. Anyways, it's funny. This, Toys R Us is going under for a reason. But then we also have Tostitos, not sponsored, by the way, salsa con queso dip with Tostitos scoops chips to washed, be washed down with cans upon cans of Coke Zero. So I said to Joe... Uh, as my foot is up on the chair next to where I'm sitting because it's busted. I'm like, I'm going to get this cast off just in time to lose this foot to diabetes. <laughs> so I got that going for me. And by the way, I just had a, a second crown put in. Um, so I, I basically consider them like new molars. So I got, you know, I got a new lease on chewing. Um, so, um, but bring it on. Yeah, back, back to the fun. What? But so here is the upside. I mean, on one hand, these kids are working their ass off to keep this going. On the other hand, this just refuels it. And this is great. I mean, look, I don't want to, you know, the the boycott of Laurel Ingram to, you know, sidetrack from what these kids are doing. But it's absolutely great that they haven't relented, that they're staying in the news, and that they haven't had a bat moment yet. So, so good on them and good on everybody who's still supporting them. You know, of course... It is like the, the, the all this. Oh, they're trying to take all the guns. I will say, um, from the march, I've been looking at all my favorite signs. My favorite sign from the march so far is Ralph Wiggum's big sign of Ralph Wiggum with a gun, and it says, "I'm a militia." <laughs> <laughs> Ralphie, sweetie, put down the gun. So, so, so. Anyways, hey, you know, keep keep up. You know, stay classy, Fox News. Stay classy. Uh, I just heard in this from Fox News. No. <laughs> they will not stay classy. Uh, so moving on to more happiness. So we talked about it. Can we put the pedal to the metal on this? Because we are way into okay. this. All right. Well, long story short, too late. Um, you know, a, a yet another failed state, another failed red state of Oklahoma just had to have an emergency tax hike for the first time in like two decades. Because what happened with in West Virginia with the teachers and them having to strike. All these other states, these tax haven states like Kansas, where every seat is is red, and in Oklahoma where every seat is red, and every chance they get to cut taxes and cut taxes on business, then they're finding out it's like, oh, 
That's why our schools suck. Oh, this is why our, we are 49th. Like West Virginia was 48th in teacher pay, and with their 5% increase, went to 47th. Oklahoma is 49th, and now I'm, they're striking. I'm, I'm actually sad about that stat because they got it wrong. They got the math wrong. They're actually 50th. <laughs> they're not even 49th. That's how bad they are. So let's see. What else we have on this week in Awful? We got the uh, – you know, and it's great because this is one of those um, – the census came out, or, or – for the census that is coming up. In 2020. They decided they're going to add a citizenship question, like who in the household is it, a U.S. citizen. It, it is a citizen. Mm. And it used to be on the census before the 50s or, or up to the mid-50s. And then they took it away. Basically, the, the reason the, the census are important. Wasn't it that it was put on in the 50s and then had since then been removed? Or maybe you're... Yeah, I'll have to look. But okay. it's, it's been 70 years since it's been on there. Okay. It's been 70 years since it's been on. Okay. And the thing is, you want to know who lives where because of federal money. It's like, okay, well, there's more people here. We need to spend more federal money on school and food and roads and X and Y and C. Yeah. The 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 bloat is and you know, and I'm not giving him credit for this, but the awful people around him, they wanna keep immigrants and, and you know, people with different statuses like in the shadows they you know they want and so they're like oh so we're intimidate them to not being part of the census and not wanting to be counted and then we don't have to send money there oh well that's fantastic because they're in your district too asshole like immigration is not you know you know legal or otherwise just california and, and other places it's it's everywhere and so you're it's a cut off your nose to spite your face type thing um but just the awful racism behind it. And then when Huckleberry Sanders is asked about it, and she's like, no, it's it's always been part of the census, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's 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 just awful. I'm done talking about it. What's not on here that just came out in this weekend, uh, it's going to slip under the wire. Scott Pruitt, everybody's favorite EPA uh, chief, uh, turns out he, on your taxpayer dime, went to Monaco and brought his wife to speak at a convention about liquefied natural gas. And there's a few companies – well, first of all, it has nothing to do with the EPA. How was how would him shelling for a company, an American company, about exporting you know, liquefied LNG. LNG, why is he doing that? And it makes no sense because it doesn't fall under the EPA thing. It has nothing to do with his role. But we pay to go over there and then you peel back the onion just one small layer. There's only one – liquid gas company in the United States that exports and their chief lobbyist owns a very nice house in Washington that ever since Scott Pruitt took the EPA job, him and his family are living in. He's literally living in the house of the lobbyist for the only liquid gas exporter in the United States. And on the behalf of the liquid exporter, use taxpayer money and our time to go to Monaco and shell for them. Wow! There you go, swamp. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, that's uh, it's that's awful. A, but you don't. Like, it's like a corrupt inception. It's like a corruption kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like a shit sandwich inside. It's like the tofurkey <laughs> of shit sandwiches of iron. Oh God. Anyways, but, but that's just awful. But it won't make the news. But I figured, oh, we'll spend time on it. It won't make the news because you know why? It's too awful. It's not awful enough. Yeah, it's right. Just it's too just, much awful. You know, Stormy Daniels tits is you know taking up at least at least uh, you know forty minutes of an hour's news cycle. And my dreams. Nice. Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, what happens now? Now it is time for our defunct sponsor, which 
is not Toys R Us yet. It was last week. Right, right. And it should be after the what they jacked up for these Pringles. Yeah, two twenty nine after the discount. Fuck you. Fuck you. Braniff International Hostess meets you on the airplane. She'll be dressed like this. When she brings you your dinner, she'll be dressed this way. After dinner on those long flights, She'll slip into something a little more comfortable. The airstrip is brought to you by Braniff International, who believes that even an airline hostess should look like a girl. All right, so in the world of sport, and this this just broke today, you know, after I put this, uh, and another I will, foot. I will. <laughs> I will only mention this in passing, but we might be without one Rob Gronkowski next year, mm. who, uh, first of all, again, because cause things didn't work out the first Sunday in February, like I hoped, and like you hoped, like we all hoped, um, and winning solves all the internal fighting, Gronk has been publicly saying things like he's not sure if he really wants to play, if he's 100% committed, and the rumor is he might become part of the WWF full-time. And WWE. Yeah, get the F out. Not the World Wildlife. Oh, no, he loves pandas. (laughs) He loves himself some pandas. But yeah, eating them. (laughs) (laughs) But he, 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 so, so, and here's the world. If he doesn't commit to playing much sooner than later, Belichick's ready to move on from him. And again, he's played in two and a half Super Bowls, one Super Bowl he really didn't play. He himself is. One and two in Super Bowls. He, you know, he's only finished. This is the first season since his second year that he played all 16. No. Yeah, he played all 16 regulars. No, he didn't play the last game. But he dressed for all 16 games. And he uh, and he played through the playoffs. And he was great. I mean, he was Gronk. He was. He had a really. He didn't have a great. The greatest season. But he had a really good season. Uh, he's still a planet player. Healthy. He's one of the top 10 players in the league. But at this point, like Belichick is ready to move on. If he's ready not to commit, because you know how Belichick is, he's already planning now. Is he looking at tight ends coming out of the draft? I mean, you know, so uh, that's the only sport thing as far as that goes. The Bruins are peaking at the right time. Players are just a couple weeks ago. And lastly, in sports, uh, by the time our next podcast post, Joe would have already been to his first Massachusetts Patriot game. Oh, shit. Are you going? You don't have to, but I, it'd be I fun. I guess. Go. See if Jim wants to go. Okay. You know? Jim, you want to go? It's, it's Comment on our Facebook page. <laughs> hey, if anybody who listens wants to go, I'm the hookup. You know, I don't want to brag, <laughs> but I am the game day operations director for a new arena football team um, that is only 80% away from selling out the DCU Center. <laughs> so, uh, so when I say... They're going to have to change the name of Worcester to Bester. Because oh. <laughs> because of the best. Anyway, so so that that's it as far as that goes. So now 
let's get back into uh, the fun stuff. Did you see this, that this week the voting is starting for the Video Game Hall of Fame? I did not, and nor did I bother to research it when you put it on the rundown <laughs> a couple of days ago. But now I guess you're going to spend the the rest of this evening and the holiday right now. weekend. I'm just doing it now. Uh, you can only vote once every 24 hours. <sighs> yeah, I know, I know. I guess I'm going to be ghost voting as you again. <laughs> So so that that's a thing. Um and let's see. Who holds that by the way, the video game hall of fame? Like who is it the video game administration of America? Like I, I, even I don't know and I'm the nerd on this podcast. I think it's uh I don't know. Yeah, I mean so, well, I'm guessing it's either China or Putin because we've established <laughs> that they control everything. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what else? In, what else? What else in gaming news? Uh so Joe sent me a um an interesting article about Pat Contry having his midlife crisis. Who's Pat Contry? Pat, Pat Contry is known as the NES punk. Yes. Uh, he is the guy who wrote the book that we use as a Bible. It's a very fantastic book. Ultimate Nintendo, the NES, a complete guide to the NES library. Which I believe we'll be busting out in just a minute. Uh-huh. But what did you think of the article? I read it. And I didn't really learn too much about him that I didn't already know from listening to him and watching the videos. If, if you don't know, obviously you don't know. He's a guy, he's my age, or almost, he's 38. And But for the past, like, 10 years or so, he's been doing YouTube videos as his character, Pat the NES Punk, where he would do, like, comedic skits that he would basically one-man show. He would write it, produce it, direct it, star in it posted on youtube and he kind of turned this into a little cottage industry he became one of multiple youtubers who produce content targeted towards like my demographic like the essentially middle-aged white guy who was nostalgic for video games and um he was good enough and smart enough to eventually quit his regular day job of researching i think it was like a market researcher or something And um, do it full time, which is a hard thing to do as a YouTuber, especially now. Like he got in right when the YouTube craze was kicking into full gear. It became like you know, YouTube w- it was started like what ten years ago, like oh four. Yeah, and then uh, so he got in like oh nine, started making videos, and um, you know now he's turned that notoriety into something more where he has like two podcasts that deal with video games and a little bit of pop culture and he also does this nintendo guy that we reference all the time the big thing is those people make all those appearances right and so a game show yeah and so what we're talking about here is that wired magazine wrote an article about him specifically but also about the kind of demographic that he's targeting uh this sort of like middle-aged nostalgic for video games person um, and what the future holds, like how long can this sort of last? What's next for specifically for Pat Contry and how he, you know, how he wants to retire, maybe his Pat the NES punk character and do other things like, you know, become more of like a, a raconteur of, you know, somebody who uh, talks about video games in general or just whatever. I don't know. I don't know what his game plan is, but I got out of it that, okay, it's essentially introducing a wider audience to a niche personality. And in the article, he kind of implies that he's at like a crossroads in his YouTube career. I mean, apparently he makes six figures, which is pretty substantial for a one-man operation to do, basically being a YouTube personality, but he does two podcasts and a book and all that. Um, 
but he's not sure if he wants to keep his gravy train going of the Pat the NES Punk videos because the last video that apparently he made was ranked so low compared to his other videos that he only would have made a couple hundred bucks off of it with today's YouTube algorithm. So it's kind of like, and he's looking at it like, okay, is the well run dry for my character? And maybe I should now take my notoriety and graduate. And I think you took it as sort of like a boo-hoo, what was me. Yeah. There's, I'm getting to do the job I love, but still feel bad for me. Well, yeah. And, and, and I think the title on the digital version of the article didn't sell like didn't make it any better by saying that he's at a midlife crisis which was not in the print article like the midlife crisis tag was attached editorialized. to editorialized for the digital article so it's not like the author said he's in a midlife crisis uh nor does pat think he's in a midlife crisis maybe he is but regardless yeah so i think the long long-winded way of what we're trying to get at is that should we should people feel bad for him and i don't think he's looking for that i think he's just like hey here here's who i am first of all it's like you don't know who i am here's who i here's who i am here's what i've done and now here's what i plan to do in the future not so much like oh man it's so rough being self-employed and having you know uh, having to be able to afford my own house thanks to my patreon subscribers and the people who bought my nintendo book and he's working on a super nintendo book that's coming out probably in a couple of years I mean, good for him, honestly. I mean, to be able to do that, because there's so many people who, like us who go into this with no, you know, he probably went into this as sort of like a lark kind of thing, you know, and then it just sort of, he found that it took off and it, it, it actually, you know, captivated a couple, a small enough audience, well, but. It seemed like it started naturally where he saw other walkthrough videos and the people didn't talk about the history of the game. They were just doing showing old Nintendo games and not the history of it and he really had passion for it right and he was also like and by the way he also collects and he has a collection of all the nintendo games literally all the nintendo games that were ever like physically made for the nintendo licensed by nintendo in the united states plus a, like a, a whole garage full of other trinkets and stuff yeah he's an he probably has um like ocd too like to be like really yeah <laughs> like but like you look at my collection and it's just like wow you have problems, Joe. But like, I'm like a dent in the right. in the in the barge of video game collection that this guy has. But uh, it's like Batman, where <laughs> yes, please go on. How he's Bruce Wayne, and who am I again? Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think it's sort of like I, I I I didn't take a sort of a boohoo kind of thing from it. I just sort of like you know. I think I think he's I think he. And probably people like him are probably fair-minded enough to think this isn't going to last forever. Like I can't just do videos. It's a, it's kind of like getting back to Milton Berle again. It's like Milton Berle wanted to do the Milton Berle show forever, the way he's been doing it, and then eventually he had to change and become something he wasn't. And then that's when the people who followed him were like, "Well, you're not the old Milton Berle," and he dropped out. Like he didn't know how to evolve. Right, right. Whereas. Maybe Pat's thinking, okay, I have a chance to evolve here because if I get stuck doing this kind of stuff for the next five or ten years, people are going to get sick of me and not care anymore. Again, like my wind, like the people who watch his videos are me, like mid 40s mm -hmm. or early 30s, like 30s to 40s, mostly probably white guys um, that can relate to him. Um, but eventually, we're 
we're going to be t- burnt out on the nostalgia. Like, I'll probably end up, get, even though I've said I'm never going to get rid of these Well, you'll probably now. trade those in for, like, a collection of, like, let's say, Blue Blood. <laughs> yes, when Blue Blood comes out on, on Laserdisc, I will gladly trade them all away. But, uh, yeah, like, all this stuff is sort of, it, it, it sort of, like, encapsulates a, or crystallizes a, like, a, a fascination or, like, of, of uh, a mentality of people in America of, like, you know, being nostalgic for something and then having the discretionary income to overindulge in that nostalgia. You know, like, oh, now that I can buy all of these Nintendo games that I never were able to play before, and nor can I physically play all of these Nintendo games and all these video games, if I were to live two more lifetimes, right. um, I'm still going to buy them all because I can. It, that's, it's all, it just sort of taps into an obsession, that he's probably having an awakening about, like, okay, maybe... I, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, what am I doing with my life? And knowing that other people that watch him are going to be just like that. They're going to, you know, look at their little shit Nintendo collections and go, what the fuck? Like, that's like 300, 400, 500 bucks right there that I could have put towards something else, or $1,000 they could have put towards something else, and I just got caught up in this, this fever of trying to recapture something that uh, is a long since gone um well uh, this has become more of a therapy session for myself <laughs> which is more than no it, it's become a um a segue to the a segue <laughs> to the random video game review of the week in which joe will be utilizing see it's not just uh, i can do that shelf it is a critical part of a very important like you know part of my favorite time of the week okay and as is Pat's book. So with that said, get your keister over there. All oh, right, my sweet keister. Well, let's do the... Hashtag me too. <laughs> punchline. White guy punchline. Um, I'm going to go walk over to my Nintendo games now. And um, I'm going to pick a random game with Jacques' help. By my help, he means he's going to be making the... Uh, the pressure luck sound effects. I'm going to be doing the pressure luck contestant... No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Big bucks, big bucks, big bucks, and stop. All right, all right. Big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, no whammies, and stop. And we stopped. But he's not going to look. He's too busy getting the book that we just referenced, the Pat Country book. He's going to ease on down the road to his seat. He is going to put his headphones back on. All right. I probably... I probably reviewed this game. It's not Solar Jetman. It's not Solstice, if that's what I'm seeing over there. So I don't see so. I, I don't see so good. Let's see Solar Jetman. Um, what is this? Um, Solomon's Key. Yeah, I think I've already reviewed this game. Yeah, I'm gonna do this again. You do another one. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh man. Damn it. He got all comfortable. He got snuggy. He put it. He put a snuggy back on. He oh, put his. Uh, now he's falling. I've fallen <laughs> and I can't get up. Wait, that's a callback. I, I got. I got up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, come on, big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, no whammies, and stop. How long have we been doing this? We're we're already going through some of the oh, close man. to three hundred games. All right, so it's up where. Oh man, it's Castlevania. <laughs> That's why I started laughing as soon as you gave it. Uh, I give up. Uh, I, technically, I've never reviewed. No, we did a Castlevania sideshow. I, I know, a whole sideshow on this stupid game. 
Castlevania. Oh, man. This, but you know what? It can't be spoken about enough. True. I pulled out the original Castlevania for the NES. God, what a classic. It's a side-scrolling platformer. Um, you play as Simon Belmont, and you're out uh, vampire hunting. You got to get yourself a Dracula. And you go uh, all the way into Dracula's castle, see? And then you take your whip, and then you use it against all the enemies, like uh, like those zombies and shit. And you uh, you you use it against monsters like uh, all the Universal monsters, <laughs> like uh, Frankenstein and uh, the Mummy and uh, Medusa. And uh, eventually, you get the Dracula. And uh, then you yeah, then you fucking you uh, you whip his fucking ass all the way back to the fucking n- the fucking netherworld, you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> why did I just morph into Joe Pesci? Because I, I watched Casino last night for the first oh. time on Netflix. Wow. First time. Wow. It's great. I'm, and I'm, I, I'm jealous. And I not I, I watched Goodfellas probably a hundred times. And I saw a Casino just like the first time last week. Uh, I did last night. How much anxiety do you have during the Goodfellas, like when when the closing end? Oh, do 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 do. You're all sweaty. It's like boom. But you want to see helicopters? I'll show you helicopters. Oh my god, it's so great! Don't you move, motherfucker! I'll blow your fucking head off. I knew right then and there they had to be cops, because if they were wise guys, I wouldn't have heard nothing. I'd be dead. You want more? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually do. I'm, I am. I am like. Yeah, but casino is. Everybody. That was all we had, Karen. They would have found it. I swear to God, they would have found it. Anyways, go on. Yeah, casino. I watched last night. Anyways, Castlevania. Joe Pesci. What am I talking about? Who? What am I doing? Now do I got to reference the book. Oh, you poor people who are hanging in there. God bless your no, but your, I mean, your I, weak invalid hearts. See, when you hear somebody like, "Oh, I watched Casino for the first time," I'm like, "I'm so jealous that you got to watch it for like the first time." Oh, I've I was like that with The Godfather until a few years ago. Oh, I had not seen The Godfather until like maybe. Did you see The Godfather two first? Be honest, you did. No, I did not. Which would not have been a bad thing in that case. I mean, they right. were both masterpieces. Uh, Three. Eh. No, no, both masterpieces. <laughs> yes, okay, I understood. Oh, so uh, now he's flipping through the book. Um, wait, wait, you, what did you give it? You give it a four. That's a four-star game. That is a five-star game. It's a five-star, right, sorry, five-star. How dare you? Although he gave it four stars. Maybe that's only how uh, they go up. Maybe, maybe there, oh, no, there is a five-star rating in this book. I don't know, I gave it a, maybe Castlevania Three is worth five stars. What did he say about Castlevania Three? I can't see so good. Yeah, he gave Castlevania Three four and a half stars. Good okay, man. so it does go up to five. Yes, right. So uh, it's a great game. It's about, uh, here, I'll read something. Here, gather around, kids. Simon Belmont must defeat the evil Dracula and other classic monsters such as the mummy and Frankenstein's monster and this tough action platformer. What the fuck do you want? What, the, what are you telling me? I'm a fucking drank vampire killer. I'm trying to kill some fucking vampires. Okay. I've lost my mind. Sorry, guys. Beginning of the nervous breakdown, caught on tape. All right. So thank you for that. Now we will move on to uh, what are you watching on TV this week? Now, Casino. Other than... <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your Netflix pick of the week? Or what? You know, I've already talked about Blue Bloods, but that's not my TV pick of the week, which I've already blown and told Joe. But what do you, what do you got for the folks at home? Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, gee, I don't know. I think I have. I, I've been watching Joel McHale regularly on Netflix. The Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. We we saw the one with uh, where a week behind. We saw the one with Seth Green the other day. Yeah, this one has. Uh, an, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's nice. Is it good. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's more of the same. It's funny. Yeah. I, I, I love Paul Feig surprises in it. Um, when we were watching, I forget what show. Maybe was he talking about? Oh God, there was some. Oh, The Bachelor. They, you know, they had the parody of The Bachelor. Um, yeah, I forget what. Oh, it was like the um, the Bachelor with the con, like the, the, yeah, the consensual, everything, everything, everything had to be signed off. The consensual contract thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, no, I like the show, but it was great because I'm trying to think of the show. He's like. There's a there's a show on E that's just come back, or another show that's like a reboot, and he's like, yeah, they're doing the same thing with the same uh, the same. It's pathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's a he's a dreamboat. What? Oh, is this thing on? Uh, is it? So uh, I don't know. I, honestly, yeah, I'm catching up on. I, I, I'm trying now to watch more movies that I haven't seen, like Casino, for example. Um, you but know, you got my Apple TV. You got 150 movies right there. I know, and I just I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a fantastic. Uh, you have to watch. I don't know. Maybe this will be my pick of the week because you haven't watched it yet. And I've been, and I, I did see it. On, it's playing on HBO. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Haven't haven't been home with management at the same time. The DVD that you gave us is sitting right there. So maybe we'll watch it tonight, depending on no because. Kids got hockey in the morning, but we will watch. She wanted to watch that. She loves him. It's one of those movies like Goodfellas, where if it's on, I'm gonna I get sucked in. It is. It's so. It's a, a, a briefly Scott Pilgrim versus the World stars Michael Michael Cera. It's based on a, co- a graphic novel, comic book uh, that came out in the like late 2000s. The movie came out in 2010, but it's about a kid who's in a band. He's he's like you know he's 20 something, but he's in like this three member rock band. And um, called Sex Bomb, which is a reference to, uh, half reference to a uh, character from Super Mario Brothers. The, ga- the, the genre of this movie is like comic books meet uh, kung fu meet video games. Like it's, and it's all fast moving. It's all ridiculous. It's all over the top. It's all great. It's all delivered wonderfully. Um, it, it's, it's surreal. Like it's not like a linear kind of. Uh, uh, storytelling, um, but it's um, it's about a, a a boy who falls in love with a girl, and in order to win her love, she, it's sort of like mandated from the heavens that he has to fight her seven evil exes, and then it's just That's one after right. the. It's, it's almost like a like, and you're playing a video game. You you know you beat the first boss, the boss and the fights. second. Yeah, it's all like boss fights, and, and but it's also in the in the world of like. Uh, underground kind of rock music you know so like they're they're on this rock circuit like this you know they're going from their their band is going from club to club trying to get signed and you know and they're, they're playing in like battles of the bands and um it's the music and the and by the way the music I, I should also say comic books video games uh, action fighting and um and music like this 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 is a, a masterpiece a masterpiece of a movie um and I can't, I can't recommend it enough to Jacques, who should watch it probably right now. You know, forget watching it with management. Just watch it and then pretend to see it for the first time. I'll watch it with you. Will you hold my hand? I will. Okay. No, and not just. Show me your boobs. Not just, yeah. <laughs> moves. Can I see your moves? You may and, and, you may and will. Um, you? So me, and, and Joe, help me, help me out here. How did I fall down the Grady rabbit hole this week? Did you slip on ice? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, I, I was texting you about something. Okay. <laughs> so Joe and I are big fans of Sanford and Son. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a 
Big fan. I mean, big, I appreciate. Big fan. All right, there is no other kind of fan. There is a big fan. And so, uh, and, and I did not know that, you know, one of the, you know, one of the second string characters, you know, Grady, uh, ended up in 1975 and 76 getting his own spinoff, um, cleverly enough, called Grady. <laughs> and uh, it's great. And so I, I forget how I brought it up. I was talking to Joe. I'm like, oh, man, I got I to gotta watch that sometime. Three, two, Joe texts back with a YouTube link in the entire, like, 10-episode seri- uh, series, which I proceeded to watch instantly. I took a break from Blue Bloods. I was going to say, like, the DVR, and I, like... You know, you emptied out the DVR to make room for more Blue Bloods episodes. And it was, oh God, I wish it was on TV. I wish it was like I was watching it on TV, but I just had my laptop and I was, uh, it, it was, it was such a night, late 75, early 76 sitcom, which I love that. That is when I watched a good 10 hours of TV a day, you know, that, that, you know, <laughs> and emphasis on the good. It really was. And, and I was looking, I'm like, Norman Lear has to be associated with this, but it was not, you know, but no. it had such a Norman Lear kind of feel to it. So Grady, um, who is F- Fred Sanford's son and lives down in like, you know, El Segundo, like, you know. Grady isn't Fred Sanford's son. No, 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 no. It's oh, from San- Sanford, Sanford and son. Sons, yeah. You know, he, he lives down in El Segundo, with, you know, around them. But his daughter marries a... Uh, track star, an ex-track star who's now coach at the UCLA track team. This, I guess, when track and field was, it was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Remember? Because uh, don't forget, in 76, is when Bruce Jenner won. Who? Bruce Jenner. Who? Bruce, who, who won the gold medal? <laughs> I know. Who won the gold medal? Bruce Bruce Jenner won the gold medal. I'm sorry, my liberalism won't let me say Bruce Jenner. <laughs> no, uh, I said it! <laughs> but he... Uh, uh, but so track and field was big, and so he, you know, moved all the way to Santa Monica to live with his daughter, and it was one of those things like they they are they were upscale black people, and he was the old black guy from the hood, kind of trying to mesh in in that world, and a lot of the kids on the track team were white because remember when track stars used to be white. And uh, no, not really. Jesse Owens. So Joe's not enjoying my my racism at all. But it is just funny because you know it's all that juxtaposition, and he wants to feel like he's contributing to the house, and they just moved into a new house, and they're going to have a big fancy dinner party uh, with all the um, the chancellor and stuff like that from UCLA, and he basically buys a. Um, it's like a velvet painting of like a black woman in seductive position that is. Did just, Jimmy Walker paint it? It's 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 very, Jimmy Walker might have very well painted this. Uh, hilarity and it was great. the uh, the opening The opening credits is a full minute and five seconds long, and it's slow. Oh and my it's like, god! Remember when the network? Yes, when they had nothing but time, and they had like you know four sponsors a day. Yeah. And they did. It's like a whole. It's it's Grady taking a series of buses across <laughs> L.A. I'm dead serious. There's no lyrics, and the music isn't no, catchy. Oh my god! But at least it's long. <laughs> Can't believe it only lasted ten episodes. So, and what they, was the instrument involved? Was it something annoying? You no, know, like, it wasn't even cool. It wasn't even like the Sanford song. Right. Well, no, it, it was. It was. Uh, maybe it was the same thing in reverse. Just slow <laughs> way right. the fuck down, and 
And the whole joke of each one is he almost misses the bus and he gets on just as the bus is pulling away. Uh-huh. But, but it shows him having to take like five bus. It's making it look. And, and look, maybe in 1976, it took five buses in 10 hours to get from uh, El Segundo to Santa Monica. But uh, I don't know. It sounds like a commercial for the MTA or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I, 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 so that's my. Maybe they were the sponsor. Maybe reckon- the bus company sponsored Grady. <laughs> Your recommendation is a 15-year-old, 20-year-old movie, and mine's a 40-year-old No, it's 2010. No, no, okay, sorry, Pilgrim. I uh, casino, casino is 90, right. yeah, that's 23 yeah, years 23 ago. 23 years. Um, so, my, so, so I'm one-upping you because that's what a dick does, and I'm, <laughs> you went with a 8-year-old movie, I'm going with a 42-year-old sitcom. Uh, Red Fox produced, uh-huh. did a cameo in Can it. a man relax? <laughs> <laughs> and so you were telling me about uh you know you, you know so um oh man what I, am i t- yeah where are we going about conan looking for looking for whitman whitman mayo whitman oh, mayo oh yes that. yeah so i, I didn't need my notes uh-huh. yeah you watch enough episodes uh, it sticks with you right i reminded uh what's your name again jock that uh the old late night with conan o'brien show in the late 90s i think it was probably man like 90s or 97 or something like that, there was a, an on-air campaign to find Whitman Mayo, the guy who played Grady on Sanford and Son, because literally he could not find them. This is like the dawn of the internet. Not everybody was on Instagram IMDb at that point. IMDb wasn't out. Right. There was no IMDb. Uh, there was hardly an I. You know, so... Um, the uh, yeah, so there was just on air campaign to find Grady. I don't know if that ever came to fruition. I don't even know if he was still alive at that point. He must have been. Not only was he alive, I'm, I was surprised when Joe was telling me this. He was active because every um, U UPN and what was the other? What oh uh, well, there's UPN and then uh, the other WB WB no. Every every black themed show he 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 was either on as a guest or, or semi regular. Um, his son, so he ended up relocating or came back. I don't know his whole history to Atlanta. Died kind of early, you know, in two thousand and one. So he was like seventy one, something like that. But his son to this day is a Democratic um, politician in the Georgia House of Representatives. But yeah, but 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 Whitman, he's one of those guys. It's like. You do now that there is an IMDb, and you look up his page. It's like, oh man, he's he was he was a working actor. You Good know? for him. Yeah, I mean that's every actor's dream, right? Is to keep on working. You know, if the side guy of a TV show or a movie had an old black friend, it was always him. And then Garrett Morris said, "Move aside." Right, exactly. So I mean, if he was born like you know twenty years later, he'd be fighting out you know Morgan Freeman or. Uh, you know, He'd be on Roseanne. <laughs> he would be on Roseanne. So, so my pick of the week is is that because I'm sad and uh, <laughs> don't watch Grady. Watch I mean, Grady. <laughs> a twenty four minute episode. No, first, no commercials. Instead, instead of watching Grady, watch The Mirror <laughs> just for that <laughs> for that length of time and really, really take a good hard look. And what you see, um, and then decide if you want to watch Grady. No, I'm going. I'm, <laughs> I know what I'm going to see. Hey, look, as I'm sitting here taking a Rolo out of its wrapper and a Reese's mini Reese's peanut butter cup, so I can eat them at the same time. He's stacking them like <laughs> on top of each other, like he's taking both cups and then putting the cup faces together to make a sort of like a bowling pin shape. 
Uh, and then he just delicious. ate it. And he just ate it. So my question to you, should I look in a mirror? Because <laughs> now- uh, the, the mirror says no. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this baby up. You got up. a parenting tip? <laughs> you know what? Take your kids to Toys R Us. That's what I did this earlier today. We did a little uh, shopping spree, if you will. And um, my youngest son won. He won. You know how he won? How did he win? He walked out of there with every penny he walked in with. <laughs> right into the propeller. <laughs> right. I mean, my older son, he spent like 40-something bucks on, you know, uh, little pop figures and whatnot and something. That, you, know what's, you know what? It's actually very interesting. My, young, my older son, Connor, is 18. He zeroed in on the Nerf aisle, the Nerf gun aisle. We deprived him of Nerf guns as a kid. Like, we, we just wouldn't let him do it. He couldn't be the... He was going to show them all. Like, at the, <laughs> at the end of that walkthrough, he was like, wow, check this out. That's pretty cool. Like, he was just like, now that I have the money to... Like, now that... It's like what I do with video games. Now that I have the money, right. I can buy all the Nerf guns I never had. So look for the Nerf Gun podcast in about five years from a certain Connor. The music will be spectacular. Oh, yes. He will have a great opening yeah. oh, theme Nerf, and closing theme. Nerf, if you're listening, if you want a catchy theme song, you look no further than my son. But at least he's up there earning the money as we are down here. Yeah. You know? well, well, that is if you pay him. I'm sure. You know what? <laughs> details, details, details. But uh, my parenting tip, and, and look, we've come to the bridge that we always knew. Don't do it. Oh, okay. The dog, and that's a die, you even <laughs> the old emo film <laughs> show. Uh, we always got we're at we're at the bridge that everybody knew was predictable. Um, uh, Alex P. Keaton's parents were very uh, liberal, and he was very conservative. That's just the nature of it. Uh, with that said, you know I have uh, two two dream squashers. Uh, both with absolute oh, dream squashers, <laughs> and one of them, uh, you know, he has absolutely, you know, um, it, it's a, it's a cross between eighty four Diamond Dave hair meets <laughs> seventy three. Uh, uh, gosh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Um, Anyway, he, he spinal seventy three. You know, so, oh, oh, like a like a David Saint Sa- Hubbins. David Saint Hubbins. Yeah, here lies David Saint Hubbins. And why not? <laughs> I mean, I mean, absolutely. Like, like seriously, like, like Robert Robert Plant, seventy three mm. Robert Plant meets meets you know Diamond Dave, eighty four yeah. Diamond Dave. It's gorgeous. I mean, we don't go into a place without. I, I mean this. Like every time we're in a restaurant and there's a woman who's a waitress or so, they're always like, "Oh my God, please never cut your hair. Your hair is so beautiful. I wish I had hair." Like he is going to clean up, you know, um, because of that. The other one, he has like Iggy Pops, this straighter, you know, like Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's gorgeous. I mean, he just looks like a ripped him out of like a surfer magazine in like '78, you know, like <laughs> California Living '78. And he's cut his hair. He's cut his hair a couple times. Like when we in Doha about three years ago. When you leave the scissors around. He cut his hair. And then last, not this past Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl before, he cut his hair. And it's The like, good one. The good Super Bowl. The good Super Bowl. Thank you. Um, and he, 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 you know, and he loves to grow back and he's conflicted because 
like we've just always loved his hair, but he wants to have short hair. And it is the exact opposite of my mother, who ever since I started growing my hair out about 84, has been dying for me to have. And there's been a couple times in the last 40 years where I've actually had a real haircut, you know, like you sit down in the chair and boys regular, please. And, and every snip of the scissors, I can feel my soul being cut away. Um, and now he wants it. And it's like one of those things where I have to, it's his hair. I, I have to have the respect to let go and let him make his own choices. Like I've been wanting, you know, my mom, even in my pushing 50, I'm still having arguments with my mom about my hair and my grooming. And and it is. And But the first time he cut his hair, I, I honestly, I, I couldn't look at him for like two days. I literally, and, and, and it was a week later, I would look at him and I'd still be like, I love you. You know, well, you know, why don't you just like after the you know stylist cuts the hair, you can ask them to put the hair in a bag, and you can go home. And while you're sitting there watching Blue Blood, you can crochet him <laughs> a Tristan wig so and that he, he can sleeps, Yeah, I can put it on his head. Yeah. No, actually, like so when he cut his hair last year, and then he was conflicted about it because he knew he crushed his father's will to live. Um, had he done it this year in the way things work out? Probably wouldn't have ended well for anybody. <laughs> but I felt so bad how I overreacted last year. I cut my hair and, and you know, it was part of the, uh, uh, the the locks of love type thing. And so this year we're like, okay, it's long enough now. And that's a, that's the killer thing. It's so long and beautiful enough that it's long enough to donate. You know, it makes sense because you commented on my younger son's hair recently. Like, you know, he you saw him, like, he usually wears his hair long, but, like, it was like extra sleek long and you're like wow he's got like rock star hair and i'm like wow you have an obsession with young boys hair and now <laughs> not, not not just the hair right <laughs> yeah right it starts with the hair it's the most predictable thing ever that you know the, the dad with was there a hair. point to this is there a parenting tip uh let, let you kids make their own hair choices ah so so i'm having to let it go and let, let it, it go, go. So I so that's my parenting tip is I'm trying to be the parent that I wanted my parents to be when it came to stuff like their style and fashion choices. You know, I can't make them wear Batman clothes forever. <laughs> and if he wants to be a short haired normie, I have to accept it. Right. Just like Roseanne is accepting of her gender fluid grandchild, you have to be accepting of your hair fluid child. And that is my parenting tip of the week. Acceptance. And we all hope that you accept our apologies for this podcast and future podcasts to come. I don't know how long I can keep on doing this. I really don't. Is Jacques listening? I hope he's listening because I really don't want to do this. more importantly, do not forget.